In August of 2010, after meeting with the transplant team and waiting to hear back if I could have a live donor, I had had a horrible evening one Friday night. Spent the day by myself while my mom and dad worked, and when they came home, my mom prepared a meal. I could do nothing but cry. I wanted to know why me. I wanted to know why God was letting this happen. I wanted to know when it was going to end. I wanted to know if he was even listening anymore, if he heard me, if he cared. I was just very unhappy and restless. We sat down to dinner, and I can remember my dad said, let's pray. And the first thought in my rebel head was, I don't want to pray. I was upset. But I folded my hands like I knew I needed to, and we prayed. And I remember my dad saying, bless Bethany and her situation, and let your will be done. Let whatever you see fit to happen need to happen. And the second we say amen, I looked up at my father and I said, how can you pray a prayer like that when you can see how miserable I am and how much it doesn't seem as if God is listening? At that literal second, our house phone rang and it was a nurse from Northwestern who was calling to tell me I could have a live donor. At that point, I was really excited. <laughs> I was positive that God was with me. I knew he was listening. There was no way of denying that. We got in the car, and we went to Griffith, to the Nichols house, my aunt and uncle, and my cousins. We called everyone over, and we told them that I was a candidate for a live donor. And for the first time in my sickness, I saw a bright light at the end of my tunnel. Before we even made it home that evening, my cousin AJ had gotten on her computer and filled out the application to be my donor. I was a lucky person because she was the only person that I had to have apply and she was a perfect match. And it was in October we found out that everything was going to go through and we were going to be able to do the transplant. So finally I had a date. We set a date for January 10th, 2011. The rest of that year was doctor's appointments, figuring out how my anatomy was laid out so they knew how surgery was going to go. Right before Christmas, we had one more appointment, and this time my brother and sister-in-law were in town and they got to go. We were planning on spending a family day downtown, dinner and the doctor's. First the doctor's appointment, we got in and one of the surgeons came in the room and he was very serious. And I had gone in knowing that this was my last checkup, didn't think anything major was going to happen. As I sat with my family in that room, he continued to tell me that they wouldn't give me any odds for my surgery. They weren't positive that I was going to make it out. In fact, he told me I had probably one of three options that they were going to be able to do the transplant, just like they thought, and it was going to be successful. They were going to be able to open me up and see that they were only going to be able to get so far and so decide not to do the transplant, or there was a really good possibility that they were going to open me up and get as far as they could and not be able to go any farther and not be able to go back either. I remember that day he stood in that doctor's office for what seemed like forever. I couldn't wait for him to leave to cry. And when he did, I remember 
my dad getting up and hugging me. I remember no one had to say that it was okay because I knew it. I remember for the first time feeling that my brother who lived in Ohio finally understood what I was going through and I remember us as a family growing that day. The rest of the day wasn't as fun as we expected, but when we got home, I was sitting with my brother on my mom and dad's bed and he told me he, he didn't know I was this miserable. He didn't know it was this serious, but that he knew that I had a relationship with the same Lord that he had and that God would never forsake me and he wouldn't leave me and that if I trusted in God as he knew I was, <laughs> that everything would be fine. They wanted me to make sure that going through surgery was something I wanted to do. But for me, it was never a doubt. The surgeons told me my body was complicated, but I knew God created me. I knew that he was the one who designed my anatomy. So if he could make me as unique as I was, he could see me through such a tough surgery. After that visit at the doctor's office right before Christmas, I no longer was antsy. I truly believe I felt God's peace that passes all understanding, and it became less about me and more about the people around me. I wasn't worried about what I was going to go through anymore. I was worried about how my mom was going to handle it. I was worried about my best friend and how she didn't go to church anymore like she used to when we were in high school, and I was worried that one day, maybe I wasn't going to see her again because maybe her faith wasn't where it needed to be. And as my mom and dad tell me now, I, w I became a bold person. I had co many conversations with a lot of my friends, just kind of looking at them and saying, I'm not scared to die, but I'm scared I'll never see you again. I can remember after Christmas, Tim and Julie going home, and at that point it began the saying goodbye process, which was hard. I remember saying goodbye to my sister-in-law only after having a sister for a year and a half. That's something I don't want to do again. I can remember my Michigan cousins coming down, which was a rarity, to spend the day only with me. And as we sat at Red Lobster and they were getting ready to leave, I remember going to the bathroom and thinking, how can I prolong this? Saying goodbye to someone who I had grown up with, someone who knew me inside and out, and I knew who only loved me, which was why they were there, it was something I wasn't prepared to do, but as I clung to God and I asked him to help me, I got through it all. About a week before surgery, they called and told me I couldn't have my surgery on January 10th, so they switched it to January 11th, which, again, I think is God's way of working. And when we got to the hospital that morning, they weren't ready for us. I was supposed to have a 6.30 surgery, and they pushed it back till 9.30. At 9.30, that's when they started taking me back. And as I sat waiting for the anesthesiologist and the doctor to come through, every nurse that walked through asked me, are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to go through with this? As I look back now, I can see that a lot of that was Satan, I believe, trying to allow doubt to creep into my foundation that I had with God. But... I, sunk, I clung to what I knew was true, and I would look at them and say, I either woke up in the arms of God, or I woke up with my mom, and either one I was really okay with. 
we both made it through surgery and everything was great. And when we got out, um, began the recovery process, which ended up being a long process, months and months of sitting at home. And again, my parents would go to work and I would sit there by myself. And I received about 150 cards within the first two months. And I can't tell you how many days opening up a card is what would get me through. I had been so sold on the fact that I was okay either way and that I could possibly die that I was jealous when I didn't get to go to heaven. I can remember that March my aunt passed away, my aunt Cynthia, and a week later my best friend, my dog Onyx, had passed away. And as heartbroken as I was for losing them, I remember being more jealous that they got to go to heaven before me. And the more I sat at home, the more depressed I got. And depression was definitely something I went through. It was something my mom and dad saw me fight with every day. And it got to the point where I had to go and speak with someone. And I had to get over the typical going to talk to a therapist mindset. But once I was there, I realized that God wasn't done with me, which is why he had seen me through that there must be some spectacular thing that he has in store for me. And my duty as a Christian and my relationship with him is to strive to continue and to do good for him and his kingdom. And once I really understood that that was kind of what God wanted for me, I saw the doors in my life start to open. I was accepted to college again at Grace College in Warsaw. That's where I'm currently going as a student, and I can't wait to see what life has in store for me once I graduate. Um, Griffith, you guys didn't know me when I was sick. I was just a name that you would pray for, and I can't tell you how powerful that prayer is. The night I got home from Northwest Indiana after surgery, we went to dinner. Our waitress had a mutual friend of a lady we went to church with. As we sat at dinner, she said, oh, are you celebrating anything? And my mom said, well, yes, my daughter just had a liver transplant. And actually, that friend had come into the restaurant. She turned and looked at that lady and said, this girl just had a liver transplant. And that lady looked back at her and said, and that's the girl that you've been praying for. At that point, I knew how connected God was in my life. And even though I didn't know a ton of people who were praying for me, that, but there were a ton. And all those prayer warriors are really, I'm sure, what, what nagged on God's heart that day to keep me at his focus and get me through surgery. So thank you. If you ever doubt sending a card or praying for someone or you think maybe no one really cares, it's not the truth. That I can tell you most days those cards and those prayers are what kept me going. I also would like to thank my family, my mom and dad. You guys have walked with me a walk that I can't ever imagine walking with a child. Um, and the Nichols and the other Kellys, the Michigan Kellys, you guys have been great. I am so appreciative for your gift, Amanda, and for Rachel and for Aunt Betty and Uncle Daryl and Mark and Sarah and Matthew. I couldn't do it without God blessing me with such a great family. So thank you.